Welcome to A Culture of Innovation. We interview exceptional leaders who embrace and demonstrate innovation. Hear their stories and listen as we explore turning ideas into tangible ways to create value and cultivate innovation as a way of life. Listen and be inspired as an innovative leader. Together, we shape culture and change the world. Culture of Innovation is brought to you by Ridge Innovative, where we practice innovation with a purpose to help companies use technology and breakthrough strategies to achieve business outcomes. I'm your host, Nancy Ridge, and today I am really excited to introduce Gray Chinawith, who is the CEO of Minim. I have recently gotten to know Gray working with him as a very proud distributor and member of the advisory board for Minim. So it's been an awesome opportunity to meet this amazing leader. Just to give you a little bit of background on Gray, he is not only the CEO of Minim, but prior to joining Minim in 2019, Gray served in a variety of executive positions, including COO at Dine, where he joined Jeremy Hitchcock Dine co-founder and CEO, as the first non-founding executive. At Dine, Gray drove finance, legal, HR, and other operational activities, helping to scale that company from fewer than 20 people to nearly 500 employees. They set the course to surpass $100 million in annual recurring revenue and established global operations. In 2017, Dine was acquired by Oracle for more than $650 million. Gray has a JD from Duke University School of Law and an MA in Public Policy, also from Duke, a BA in Political Science from UC Berkeley, where he graduated with high distinction. And Gray currently resides in Manchester, New Hampshire. He has a lovely wife and two boys aged 10 and 6, and I am so proud and excited to welcome you today to Culture of Innovation, Gray. Thank you, Nancy. It's awesome to be here, and it's been a lot of fun getting to know you, <clears throat> and I'm excited that you're doing this uh, this podcast because it's certainly, uh, I feel more innovative when I'm working with you, and I feel like, we'll get into this a little bit later, I think, but, you know, uh, the the way that we've been able to work together and get to understand each other really has been a lot of fun. And, uh, you know, I, I'm excited to hear, hear your thoughts too on the culture of innovation because it, uh, it really is something that's organic, uh, comes from inside you. Um, and, and, you know, the energy that you put out and collaborating with you has been a lot of fun. And so I'm sure it'll be fun. You know, I'm not, uh, I'm not a podcast veteran, but I'm excited to be here with you and, uh, and talk about what we're doing at, at Minim and what I do personally to try and uh, build relationships that allow me to harness my creative potential. Absolutely. And you really do demonstrate uh, innovation as a leader. And I thank you for trusting me to join me in this podcast today. And I, I really want to go there because uh, trust is such an important uh, topic, especially now. And my first question is all about that. How is trust core to innovation? Well, you know, when I think about innovation, it, it is, you know, what is innovation? Innovation is doing new things, right? It's bringing new ideas to people. It's bringing new products to market. And at some level, anytime you're doing something new, anytime you're changing, there's risk associated with that change. Absolutely. And so, you know, what comes, innovation is a type of risk taking. And 
so then you think about, okay, well, what, what are the precursors? What, what are the foundational things that allow people to take risk? And the thing that allows people to take risk is that they have faith, they have trust that if they take that risk and fail, they will, you know, they, they won't be thrown out to the curve. They won't uh, lose everything. They, they, they will live to fight another day if it fails. And then it, it, if it succeeds, then they will get to participate in the benefits of, that that change has brought. And so when I think about, uh, you know, and I, and I think this is applicable to my life in a couple different ways, <clears throat> um, you know, uh, the first really I'll talk about at Minim, which is where we really try to focus on building a high trust environment. And my senior leadership team, I focus mm-hmm. on, on that really significantly because if people don't have that faith in one another, that trust uh, in one another, then they're not going to be willing to take those risks. They're not going to be willing to present new ideas. They're not going to be willing to, uh, you know, bring, uh, you know, bring crazy things to the table. And I think that when, you know, when when people don't feel comfortable doing that, that they're you're unable to really innovate as a company. Right? Yeah, it's really core to innovation to start with that foundation of trust. Absolutely, and so th- and that means that you know the team you can't build a team where people are <clears throat> hunkering down and saying, oh, I gotta like make sure that I don't get blamed for this, or mm-hmm. uh, you know they. That they somehow view everything, view their teammates as, uh, you know, as people that are, uh, you know, potentially looking to take them out or, you know, there's all kinds of these like dominant corporate cultures that exist like that. Right. And, and I think you just have to build that. I was actually using this analogy in a one-on-one the other day. It was really talking to someone about, because uh, we recently merged these two companies and, and the question I got was about kind of standard practice in the senior leadership team. And I said, uh, you know, the question to me was, hey, well, I noticed you always send out a lot of things out to this team email list, right? Even, you know, some things are going well, and, but some things aren't going well, and you still send it out. And I was like, yeah, this, when I send out emails about things that are not going well, it's not a call out, right? It, it, it's, a, it's, a, it's a call in. It's, it's the, the analogy that I used was like, it's a huddle when you are you know, in sports in high school, right? You, or right. The analogy I used was in basketball, you know, when the teams were playing Michael Jordan, you know, they didn't, the best teams, the teams that were able to win against them, uh, you know, got everyone into huddles and said, Hey, I'm having a problem with guarding this person. Right. Can you, when, if he gets past me, can you, you know, fall in and cover the lane? Like all these different things by, because you, you, you've demonstrated to them that you're there, right. You're open to their feedback. You're, you trust that they'll help you. And then they trust that you'll help them, right? And when you do that, you can you can solve more problems more quickly. You can take bigger risks yourself because the team is ready to support you. Uh, you know, when you reach in for that steal, if you didn't get the steal and go down and dunk, then you know you can absolutely you know someone got your back. And, and when you when you, when they drove down the lane, they were there to defend the hoop, right? So, <laughs> you've, yeah, you've created that that unity as opposed to an adversarial or defensive environment. Exactly. So, so that's one way that at, at Minim, we really work on building that, building that culture of trust and trusting one another team-based approaches so that uh, we, can, uh, you know, we, can, we can do those innovative things. We can take those risks. Right. There's so and much more freedom in that. So, you know, freedom to be creative. I want to, I want to take a moment though. And I want to talk about 
Minim because I think what what you're doing with Minim, with the direction the company is going, is filling a huge gap. So let me throw some stats in for a second here just to set the stage. So a number of studies, okay, Gartner did one just recently, said 16 million people went to work from home in March of 2020. And 20 to 30% are going to continue to be work from home going forward, which I think that's a somewhat conservative number. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've, I've also heard in the high 80s would be hybrids, in other words, Uh, There would be some working from home and and maybe some time in the office. And at the same time, those remote workers have an average, this is just an average, of 12 devices that connect to the internet, internet, plus multiple users, including kids, right? And a company VPN, very often, that doesn't extend security to those endpoints. So this is where Minim comes in, offering their managed Wi-Fi network to support these people. Mm and the organizations that they work for. So clearly this is timely, but perhaps you could tell our listeners how the Minim vision relates to trust as a platform for innovation and what that means to this home worker. Well, I think, so we talked a little bit about uh, innovation and change and what could be bigger. I mean, there's no bigger change in the way that we work in the past that, well, that I can remember since I entered the workforce than what's happened over the past year. Oh my right? gosh. And yeah. and so what that means is there's all this change and there's all these people innovating. Conferences and the way that you collaborate with your peers, the way that you, you know, go out, you know, go out for lunch with someone, the way that you go out for dinner with someone, the way that you have business meetings, all this stuff is just occurring in a very different way. And it's occurring all inside of your home. And one of the very, very powerful things that I I feel strongly about minimum what we're there to do. It, it's really connected to this concept of Maslow's hierarchy of needs, at, where where the base of that is a sense of security, right? That allows mm-hmm. you to kind of go up, move up that hierarchy of needs into actualization, and and so it relates to that because in your home, right? If you're going to innovate in your home about how you use it, because that's what we're talking about, right? Is innovating the way how you use your home. You've got to trust your home, right? And what does it mean to trust your home? Well, your physical environment in your home, we've got a lot of things that have worked for a long time and are really great, right? We have doors, we have windows, we have locks, you know, we have peepholes, we have side lights, we have <laughs> we have all these different things that, that have really uh, made us feel secure in our home. And so, and we built them in a way that, you know, I, I know how the window works. So I know that I love when I open it up and let the fresh air in, but I also know that I can close it and, and and keep someone out of my house if I don't want them in. Right. The, the way that we're changing, the way that we're using our home with all of these devices, with my smart fridge and my smart toothbrush and my smart vacuum, and that you know the the four TVs that are streaming and the and the and the five phones that are going at any one time, all those things represent new ways in which our home is getting used. And I think deep in our psyches is this desire to leverage and change the way that we do things to accomplish new things with technology, but also this fear, right? Mm-hmm. This concern. And I think that's why I love, you know, it's probably, you know, most of your listeners are too young to remember, but there's this movie called 2001, A Space Odyssey, where they're on this spaceship going to Mars, right? Or going, going out to into the universe. And in that spaceship is both the technology that is keeping them alive and enabling this amazing journey of humanity. And then also... There's a robot that's trying to kill them, 
<laughs> and, and, and so to me, it represents this duality of how we feel. We feel excited about the opportunities of what, of, you know, the things that are coming into our lives, but we also feel nervous that our Alexa is listening to us. Exactly. Yes. There's a lot of, a lot of fear like that, or that uh, a hacker is going to come in through your sprinkler system. Exactly. You know, if, if hey, if, if your computer can connect to the printer, then your printer can connect to your computer, right? And and what that means is that we've got to have inside the home uh, uh, tools that really mimic, bring into your digital home what exists for your physical home. And that's fundamentally what Minim does. And so we think that we are a building block. If innovation on how we use our homes for economic purposes are going to happen, how we use them for social purposes is going to happen, people need to trust their home. And Minim is there to deliver that management, that security, that adaptive, that direct relationship with you, the, the, you know, the person that's in charge of that home network, uh, to be able to allow that innovation to flourish. Right. right. So and for really and for the VPN up. manager at the enterprise as well, because technically you're now the home is now the edge of his network. Yep. And he has to have trust as well. It, exactly. And 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 this is why I think there's just such a such an amazing opportunity for businesses to re, you know, reconfigure the way that they work, reconfigure the way they secure the information that enables productivity inside of their businesses. And, and that's really what we want to do, what, how we want to help businesses work. Because without that trust, uh, then you really aren't going to be able to achieve the productivity gains, the innovation, the collaboration that, uh, that, that businesses are going to need to achieve to be able to compete. Right. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, think of the businesses that, uh, that need to be in person today right? That, that don't trust their information networks. And, and so therefore aren't allowing remote work, right? They're just, they're, they're so inhibited from productivity. And, and, and when you think about, you know, all the people that are going to be going back after the pandemic into, into, a, you know, I think most people will live in some kind of hybrid world. Uh, you know, the home is going to be where a lot of economic productivity happens. Well, let's and, talk about that for yeah. a second, if I can just dive in with that, because I think you're headed in a, a very interesting direction here. There is so much talk about, quote unquote, going back to the office. Yet, I mean, really in our hearts, I think we know that we're never going to go back to the way it was. And, uh, you know, and personally, uh, I don't even like those words, go back. <laughs> I, I want to go forward. That's part of my attitude of innovation as well. But I'm curious what your thoughts are about this idea of, you know, going back or versus going forward. You know, I... I... Every company that is successful embraces change, and and the companies that embrace change more systematically, more thoroughly, more vigorously, they're the ones that win the fastest. And I think that we, you know, <clears throat> we're we're working our hardest to embrace the change here at Minim, and we want to go forward. We want to understand how to take advantage of where we are, how to leverage where we are how to be more places because we don't have to get on the plane, how to build relationships with people in multiple areas, in multiple geographies, because, you know, we can all be together on one team, even though we're in different, uh, in different states or in different countries. And so I think, you know, whenever people tell me that 
they want things to go back to the way they were. I say, well, how would you ever want that? Take the best of what you had then and go build something new with it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and that's that sense of forward progress that all businesses, right? That's what I love about, you know, Jeff Bezos when he talks about day one, right? That that sense of what lies ahead of us is is important. When I sent out our our message, my message to the team uh, on the new year, uh, you know, I said the past is but prologue, right? And that, that yeah. in this line, the Shakespearean line, the past is but prologue. And, and we don't forget it, right? It's not not part of us. It's not not valuable. It, it is. But where we are going is where the energy and the engagement and the excitement lies. And yes. that's what we've got to focus on. It's just there to inform us. You know, and, and I also think, um, as you mentioned, you know, not just for the organizations, but for the people. Let's go back to the cultural aspect of it for a second. And I look at this generation, you know, whether it's the millennials who now are sitting at, at boardroom tables and running companies and, you know, really coming into their own, but also the Gen Xers, you know, there's so much talent with these younger generations and they are used to being untethered. So I think that's another aspect uh, of looking at how technology can help companies build the right culture, even through the people, um, which reminds me, you know, as a, as a leader, how do those elements of change, risk, and failure create that culture of innovation for the people within your organization? Yeah, I mean, I, I, with a lot of things, I think you have to lead by example. So I, I hang a lantern on a lot of my problems, right? I talk about my failures. I talk about uh, always soliciting feedback. One of my favorite one of my favorite lines at the end of every email is feedback welcome, period. Ah, that's great. I want right? to I want to steal that. Yeah, it, <laughs> that's it, good. It, you know, I, I feel like I want to get rid of my I need to put it in my signature. Instead of thanks, I need to say feedback welcome. Great China with. Oh, right? I love and, that. And I think it's, you know, I I I feel that way because that's really that first sense of trust because everyone's so scared of that CEO or that leader, that manager that you know, that they don't feel like is on their team, right? That they feel like is looking out for for something to go wrong. And that's why, you know, the whole culture of performance at Minim is really based around, you know, team-based approaches, right? And including people in teams and then also strength-based management. So what are you really good at? You know, dive into that and and don't don't focus on what you're bad at. Don't, don't, don't try to, you know, I, I always say, uh, you know, don't blame a Dane for being great. Right, uh, <clears throat> they're big. Don't don't try to bring them on the plane. Right, uh, <laughs> you know, when you're a lapdog on the plane. Don't bring a great thing. Uh, right. So, so that's really about to me. You know, really getting people to engage in their strengths. Really getting people to think about, uh, and by having that conversation around strengths, it also implies this conversation around weaknesses. If you know what you're working on with strengths. You know, okay, I'm not. I don't work on my weaknesses, but what that does is it opens up the opportunity for you to think about, okay, well, I'm going to work with someone where my weakness is their strength. Mm. I'm going to rely on that person to to come in and cover me to help me on that topic. If I'm if I'm uh, you know vision oriented, idea oriented, maybe they're detail oriented, and, that, and that's where we that's where we gel. Mm-hmm. And so it's not about my failure; it's about giving them an opportunity to succeed where I'm weak. Mm-hmm. Right. And so you build that circle, that that foundation of trust where it's team-based. Uh, and it even works, at, I think most importantly, the, the hardest conversations in a business 
are when someone's not work, you know, it's not working out with the business. They've got to find a new position with this, with another company. And, and I think the strengths-based conversation is really the best way to have that because it's not that that person isn't great. That person is great. They're just not in the right role. The company doesn't, doesn't have the right set of needs to leverage their strengths. Mm-hmm. And so when you, when you have that dialogue around, Hey, you're, you're, a, you're strong, but you're not strong where we need you to be strong. So let's find a position for you at a, at a new company or in a new job within the existing company where you can leverage those strengths to succeed. It turns those negatives into constructive conversations. And by doing that, all the people who are sitting around watching those conversations happening, they see trust getting built. They feel like they can go uh, be more ambitious and they can go take more risks and they can drive more innovation. That's a huge demonstration of trust. Thank you for sharing that. Uh, I think sometimes you know, we get short-sighted and we don't realize that those those doors closing, you know, are because there's another one that is going to open, not to belabor a cliche, but it is very true. And sometimes it takes a good leader to help someone see that their opportunity lies elsewhere. And, and that is a huge trust factor. But I've also gotten to know some of the other leaders within your company. And not only are they very comfortable Uh, working in spaces where they know their strengths lie, but I've seen the trust demonstrated in their willingness to step outside of that a little bit and really bring new ideas to the table. And, you know, that again, going back to that unity, if there's enough, enough trust occurring within an organization where people are, are willing to say, Hey, this may not have been my traditional experience, so to speak of expertise, but I have some ideas and let me share them with the rest of you. Mm-hmm. Exponential growth starts happening. Yeah. And, and, you know, and I, and I would say that, that those lessons for me have been hard, hard learned, right? I, I there's been plenty of times when I failed in my, in my career and you know, I think the the best the best mentors, the best leaders that uh, that I've followed, that I've leveraged, really have helped me understand that that those that those learning lessons are you know those are there are things I'm good at, there are things I'm not good at, and that's okay. There's there's times I'll be right, there's times I'll be wrong, and that and that's okay. And and being open minded, not holding on to it. So when you come with that new idea, because you have that different perspective, because you don't don't have that experience that give you context and, and, you know, and understanding, but also in some levels hold you back from, from thinking about things in a new perspective that you feel comfortable sharing them. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and that's why it's so much fun, right? That's why I'm excited <laughs> to, to do it. I'm excited to hear new ideas, not because they're all great, but because they're all interesting. Right. And we've got such an amazingly smart group of people here at Minimum um, that all are excited in that same way and trust one another um, and challenge one another. And, and you know, the same way you would in that in that huddle that I talked about, right? We we, right. we, we got to guard Jordan, so we're going to have to figure it out together as a team. <laughs> well, you know, trusting yourself, Gray, which is I think what you were talking about a minute ago, is is the real platform for trust as innovation. Um, and you know, you have a very impressive roster of board seats in the nonprofit world too. I, I saw that in your background and was really impressed by that. Uh, a couple of of the nonprofits that I noticed were City Year and especially Families in Transition. How did those experiences develop you as an innovative leader? And how did innovation increase their mission? 
Well, those were like unbelievable experiences for me. <clears throat> and and I did them early on in my career. I <clears throat> I had uh, when I first started off as a lawyer, one of the advice, one of my mentors basically was like, hey, listen, you should go get on some nonprofit boards because everyone always needs a lawyer. Right. They always, no one wants to come <laughs> to them, right? so, so go go give away your time. And uh, and I was like, sounds fun. So I'll go find some cool organizations to be a part of in City Year, which does amazing work to. Uh, you know, help young kids in elementary school and high school uh, achieve better educational outcomes. You know, they're just an unbelievable nationwide organization, both for the the, the, the students that are experiencing the benefit of that mentorship and, and also for the the folks that are coming out of high school or college that are going into those communities uh, to, to help. And, you know, and the same thing with Families in Transition. Family in Transition is a, is a local organization here in New Hampshire that focuses on helping uh, women and uh, mostly women, sometimes men, mostly women mm-hmm. and, their, and their children kind of get out of situations, abusive situations, you know, where drugs are involved somehow, uh, either abuse for the kids or abuse for the, for the, for the, for the, the mom or the wife uh-huh. and, you know, and, and giving them space, right. To, to help in that transition to their new life. And right. in both those instances, you know, I came in as a lawyer, uh, but really, I came in as just a thinker, right? And as someone who's excited to bring the ideas that I was experiencing in my world, my role in, in, in technology at Dyn, uh, into the way that they were working, and my role as, as someone that thought about business, right? And in both those organizations, they were really entrepreneurial, right? They thought about how they could deliver value based on their competencies and use that as a way to sell their services into the market uh, that that allowed them to subsidize the things they wanted to give away for free, right? Hmm. And so City Year did leadership training for companies and Families in Transition <clears throat> opened up a, you know, a boutique where, you know, they had, they got people to donate things. They got a tax write-off and then they, first they fin- they furnished the, these, these apartments and homes for the, the Families in Transition. And then they started selling those, those goods to, to folks around the community and <laughs> both of them were really great, innovative ways to say, okay, I'm good at this. Like, how do I, how do I keep, use that c- capability I have to deliver value? Yes. Well, and extend that good beyond the initial, uh, the, uh, beyond the initial mission to, and then turn around and grow the mission. I, I love it. Well, and, and that was always, you know, in, in every organization that I'm a part of, I'm always trying to press them right now. I'm in, <clears throat> on the, on the board of New Hampshire public radio and I'm really pressing them on how they can continue to innovate what they do, how they can uh, really understand what they're good at. And I think it's so funny. A lot of people, they think they know what they're good at, but mm. they they miss what, what they're really mm. good at. Because mm. when you think about what you're really good at that and reduce it, so it's not, you know, they're not really good at, at radio. They're, uh, they're not really good at radio. They're really good at collecting information and making available to people, right? Once you really boil it down, to their, to their strengths, you can start to apply what they do to other places. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's what really starts to unlock potential because then you say, Oh man, I could do this. I could do this. I could bring my talent here. I could bring it there. Right. And, and whether you're in business or whether you're uh, in, in a nonprofit, it's, it's figuring out those ways that gets, but that's what gets me excited. That's what I think it's most people said. How can I, how can I pour more of my energy, direct it in more ways, have more of an impact. And, and, and that's what, you know, it'll, as you can tell, it all it keeps it keeps me excited. Um, <laughs> I love it. I love you know, the energy. And, uh, and 
it makes a big difference. Absolutely. It does make a big difference when you bring that type of uh, enthusiasm and your own self-knowledge to the table. Uh, one of my favorite quotes from one of my mentors is uh, always knowing where you're at gives you the power to transform it. And I'm hearing you say that, you know, more than once, how important it is to really understand what are, what are your strengths and using that as a basis to contribute, to go forward, to innovate, to help the next person, whether it's within your organization, furthering their mission or on a board somewhere. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I love one of the, uh, one of the things I love from, uh, from my time at UC Berkeley was the, the catchphrase, if you don't like the news, you need to go out and make some of your own. You know, I always love that. <laughs> yes, in a, in a good way, right? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> okay, so that, that leads me to, you know, my fun closing question that I always like to ask the innovative leaders because your imaginations are so vast. So if, if you could have any innovation be adopted, I don't care whether, you know, something new or different, it could be fantasy based, you know, you mentioned, uh, you know, the, the sci-fi movie, or if it could be something related to business. Um, what would it be? What innovation would you most like to see gain adoption? So I'll just tell you what I'm currently kind of deviously trying to get my senior leadership team to focus on, which is uh, it, we've started to buy Oculus Rifts or just I think Oculus Quest now. And we're going to start to hold, I think, VR team meetings. And I'm really interested in how that is going to change the way that we communicate and engage as a team. I'm excited about what Zoom has done uh -huh. to enable our connectivity in this distributed and remote environment. Uh, but I want to see what we can do. I want to see where we can, the technology can take us. And, you know, maybe that seems trite and maybe it won't mean that much, but I'm excited to see what it's like to be in a virtual world with my team. Oh, and that is so cool. You know, and, and I think, you know, there's no reason I was just spitballing at lunch about, you know, what if what if when we hired people at Minim, because we are a distributed team, we have people all over the world, uh -huh. everyone got, our, everyone got a, a VR headset so that they could hang with one another in, in a richer way. And oh, I love that. that. Building? What would that mean for communicating? When's the first time we're going to have a company meeting where everyone's, you know, joined me in our virtual world and they're all looking at me up on my virtual stage talking about what's happening uh, in the coming year. I just think, you know, figuring out how to not let geography bind us mm -hmm. is very exciting, very timely, and, uh, you know, has a lot to offer, not just in this moment where it's required that we be distant from one another, but, uh, you know, not just overcoming that barrier, but giving us that freedom so that we can be connected to anyone uh, more richly in the future, even if we can't be there physically with them. So, Well, there you go, Gray. You've just given me my vision for the future of culture of innovation. <laughs> nice. we, we need to step up. <laughs> well, I think, you know, this just means, you, you know, when I, when I come on the show next time, uh, maybe instead of a a podcast will be in a virtual talk show. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. 
Let's do it. Well, thank you so much for giving me some of your precious time today and sharing these insights and perspectives. You really got me inspired. And I invite um, our listeners, please uh, share this podcast with friends. Uh, let others know about what Minim's doing. And let's just kind of keep that attitude of innovation and trust as a platform for it going. Let's share that. Thank you so much. Thank you. And I want to thank all of my listeners for being with us today. Don't forget to subscribe at www.soundcloud.com culture of innovation to get updates on new episodes. And you'll also find us on iTunes. Also, be sure to check us out at www.ridgeinnovative.com. Have a breakthrough day and we'll see you next time.